It is Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. This is the final World Series edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by friends over at SeatGeek. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well, on what is a bittersweet day in the world of baseball, because we're not going to have a baseball game for many, many, many months, my man. It's, it is bittersweet. I mean, I'm excited to have a little bit of time off, let our brains kind of relax yeah. a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, I just love the sport so much, and I love doing the show so much. It's, yeah, bittersweet's the perfect word for it, yeah. C-Rosie. Yeah, well, don't worry. The show's not going anywhere in the offseason. We'll talk about the plans coming up. Uh, but first, want to remind everybody that this show is indeed presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. And whether you're a newbie or a returning customer, you can save 10% right now by downloading the app if you haven't already done so on your phone. And using the code word JOHNBOYPOSTSEASON, that is all caps, all one word, you will save 10% on your next purchase. Like I said, even if you're a returning customer, it's fine. You can use it as long as you haven't used the code before. You get to use this code. It's fresh and ready. No more MLB games you got to buy for, but NFL, college football, basketball, NHL, concert, whatever it is. Go save your 10% today. Meantime, I am wearing a Texas Rangers hat. I think probably for the first time ever at this time of year. Why? Because for the first time in the 63-year history of this franchise, which started in Washington, D.C. as an expansion club and moved to Arlington, Texas in 1972, they are sipping champagne. They get it done out in the desert in five games. It's unreal. I, I, I just can't, I, I just can't count my blessings enough to be part of this group, ownership, front office, this this group of determined men that uh, were so resilient all year. This is unbelievable. It's been a long time coming, and you know this was a long season. We had to face a lot of adversity, but we were able to survive all the way to the end. What a group, you know, to be able to come out here and accomplish that and battle, have all these wins on the road, you know, to never be able to do it, you know, this is just a hell of a group and I can't be more proud to be here. I mean, I'm letting out tears on a baseball field, you know, I haven't done that since I was a little kid. We had a tough year last year, you know, nobody wanted to be there. Coach came in, said right, right from the jump, this is our goal. We've lost some big pitchers. I think all of our all-stars get hurt at some point during the year and we just kind of next man up mentality. Guys just kept grinding, having fun, showing up every day, being pros, and we came out on top. Uh, by the way, those five voices, if you're joining us, audio only, Bruce Bochy, Nathan Avaldi, World Series MVP, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, and Will Smith, who became the first player in North American pro sports history to win three rings, three straight seasons with three different teams. And we all thought Shohei Otani was going to be the most sought after free agent in the offseason. Ha ha! Go get that guy. You'll go get your ring. All right, Ploof. What surprised you most about the World Championship Rangers? Oh shoot. Um I think the I don't know if this surprised me the most, but the fact that they were able to continue the cluster offense, um the fact that they were able to hold late leads, the fact that they had their starting pitchers go uh lengths that they needed them to go. They just did everything they needed to do. So I think that really surprised me because Usually things like that, they don't all work out. But for this team, it just seemed like they were inevitable. 
you know, like, you know, yeah, they had a, a, a tough ALCS where they had to go do it, but uh, they just, they produced when they needed to produce. So I, I guess if I had to give one thing, it would be that Spores was who he, who he was in the postseason. Mm. Leclerc, I know the end numbers like don't look great, but he performed exactly the way he needed to perform. And then Chapman did enough to, uh, you know, to solidify the back end of the bullpen. So I, I would lean bullpen. And I think a lot of people probably have that answer. Um, it's either that or like, again, they, they just took advantage of every mistake and, and put up these cluster innings. I mean, both of those things were what they needed to do. And it surprised me that they did it the entire postseason. Yeah, I don't think a lot of us had Josh Spores on our bingo card as the guy who would be lifting his arms in the air uh, victoriously at the conclusion of the World Series, particularly after his regular season where his ERA was around five and a half, gave up only one run and I believe 12 postseason innings. So it always takes guys to kind of come out a little bit out of nowhere. There's got to be one or two per club, and he was one of them. So that I thought that was a nice little sight to see. Um, I'm going to spin it back all the way till that to the last weekend in Seattle. And remember when they made the postseason for the first time since 2016, they had a big, big celebration. And they still had a game to go, right? If they had won, they were going to be division champs and get the bye. If they lost, uh-oh, they're going to have to go on the road. And we didn't know exactly where at the time, but it wasn't going to be easy. So there was that video that appeared of them spraying champagne and celebrating. And Brian McTaggart, who is a cheerleader for the Houston Astros while covering them for MLB.com, put that video out the next day when I believe Texas lost one nothing to George Kirby and Houston ended up winning its game out in Arizona, coincidentally, and winning the division. They're like, here's the difference between the two clubs. One did a champagne toast in the Houston Astros when they made the playoffs and tipped their glass, and Alex Bregman came out and said, you know, I wonder what it's like when the Astros aren't going to win the AL West. I guess we'll never know, and that whole bit, well, Texas rallied from that. I don't know if they used it as a rallying cry. I don't know if they all talked about it saying, boy, all these people are pointing at us and saying all we did was celebrate a, a playoff berth instead of keeping our eyes solely focused on the task at hand. I don't know. But something galvanized this group to the point where they went 11-0 on the road in the playoffs, something we've never seen before. I I I. Really doubt that McTaggart's the guy that they pointed to. That guy, we don't like what he said. It's not him. Maybe, maybe you know, watching them, uh, the Astros, that is, celebrate winning the AOS. I mean, that you could look at that yeah. and say, dang, like they went out and stole that from us. That pisses us off. But you're right. I mean, the the, the road victory thing is is so interesting. Um, but but it coincides with what I said and and what they do on offense. Like those cluster innings, shut the crowd up, man. Like they can t- they could suck the momentum out of a building just like that. You hit a three run homer, it's gone. Like it's they're built to go on the road and do that because of that offense. Uh, tip of the cap to Nathan Avaldi. My God, Ooh. I don't know how he wiggled out of all those jams yesterday. If you just look at it, um. Put two on in the first, including the leadoff man, got out of that. One in the second, including the leadoff man. Two in the third, first two on, got out of that. Runner on second, stranded in the fourth. Bases loaded, two outs in the fifth. His only clean inning came in his final inning of the year, the sixth inning. So Arizona's inability to push something across and Evaldi's ability to wiggle out of jams on a day where he walked five batters in a game for the first time in a decade. 
it's the reason we're talking about the Rangers being world champions instead of getting ready for the series returning to Arlington for game six tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you have to tip the cap to him because he did get better when runners were on. Like, mm-hmm. he got sharper with his pitches. Like, they were located better. You know, whether or not the conviction was there, I guess he can tell you that. But uh, you, you have to tip the cap. But then you also have to say, come on, snakes. All those opportunities, I believe they went 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. Brutal. And and you're bunting your three-hole hitter, and a lot of people are mad at that. I'm not that mad at that, C. Rosie, because I don't think Gabriel Moreno is a, a, a typical three-hole hitter. Uh, and this is the type of baseball that they play. And you gave yourself all these chances, five straight innings with runners in scoring position, and you just didn't get the hit. Or you didn't even put the ball in play also. like there, You, you don't have to get a hit every time. Um, so you could talk crap about them bunting, but the reality is you got to get hits. With runners in scoring position. Let's move on to the MVP, Corey Seager. Second time in his career, he is a World Series MVP, joining Hall of Famers Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson, and Reggie Jackson. And he joined Mr. October as the only players to do it with two different teams. He's probably going to finish runner-up to Shohei Otani for the AL MVP as well. Do we need to consider this one of the great seasons in history? When you said that... Immediately, immediately, I went to no. Uh, but then now that I'm thinking about it more and more, this guy one dotted it during the season. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it was only in 477 at-bats. He missed some time. But that's still a good chunk of the season that he was there performing, okay? And then he one dotted it in the postseason. Any one World Series MVP, what else can you do? Like, it has to be one of the best seasons of all time because he accomplished everything. Mm-hmm. Like there's like he did it all. And I, you might have someone that had a better regular season than him or, you know, hit more homers than him. But at the end of the day, Corey Seager put up a seven war season, one dotted it the entire way through and one world series MVP. If you ask somebody, Hey, would you rather hit 50 homers and drive in 130 or do everything that Corey Seager did? They would pick Corey Seager every single time. So yeah, it was one of the best seasons of all time because you just can't do anything better than that. Was it better than Judge's season last year? Yeah. Really? I, I, think, I, I think, okay, for okay, it just depends on where you're at in your career. He's already, they've already gotten paid, right? So that doesn't matter. Right. I think Judge would rather have this season that Corey Seager had than I his agree. season. So, yes. I agree. I agree. Um, the reason it, you're probably going to lean no is because he played 119 games. He still led the American League with 42 doubles somehow. I, I can't believe that. He was on pace. Nobody plays 162 games except the guy who lines up next Marcus to him and Marcus Simeon. Simeon, right? So very few guys do that. But his 162 game pace was 57 doubles and 45 ribs. What about All homers? Total, uh, I'm sorry, 45 uh, homers. That's my bad. Uh, he's about to have his second top three MVP finish and his third top 10, and he doesn't turn 30 until the end of next April. He is uh, he is on his way. Only 170 homers in his career. You know, he's probably going to end up getting over 300 or 350. But, you know, there are a few guys you'd rather have at the plate in October than this dude. It's that simple. 
Yeah, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of time left to to stack those counting stats. You know, yep. I don't know. He's not going to be a 500 homer guy. No. I mean, we don't know what he's going to develop into in his later years. You know, some guys turn the power on, uh, where other in other parts of their game kind of go down. I, I'm very curious to see, you know, how long he can stay at that position because we've been talking about that forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, he'll have to to move off there. It'll be for the betterment of the team. But yeah, I, I just. The homers that he hit in the postseason, the big moments that like he put the team on his Thanks. back, dude. Like, I, I, yeah, this is one of the best seasons we've ever seen. Fun to watch him. And also fun to watch Bruce Bochy, who has now become the sixth manager to win at least four World Series titles. First one to do it with multiple teams for Boch. Now, you'll remember in the offseason, uh, Rangers GM Chris Young actually coaxed Bochy to come out of his three-year retirement and join this squad. I was sitting on a recliner there in Nashville and just enjoying myself when he called me. And I tell you what, I, I, I'm so honored to ride with these guys. Uh, it, they they inspire me with the, how resilient they've been. But to get this call, be part of this, I know how blessed I am. I can't thank these guys enough. So he was throwing out the flowers to his team, which he does so well. But does this squad win the World Series without Bruce Bochy at the helm? You always have to put these questions on me bro uh yeah i think they can i think they can they have enough talent on that team to do it but i think bruce Bochy definitely helped them without a doubt i think his demeanor is perfect for a team like that um for a season like they had the calm demeanor the it's confident dude it's not just calm and eh, it's a confidence a quiet confidence you know um What they can draw from Bochi is his experience in the postseason and his winning ways. Bochi can go to them and say, hey, guys, I've had teams just like this, and we've won the whole thing. And the team has to believe him because it's true. A manager that hasn't gone through that could say those things, and you might you might get the boys fired up a little bit, but – it's not for sure. Like it's not. It doesn't have the same weight as someone like Bochi saying it. He's like, I've been there. I've done it with a team like this, and we can go do the same thing. I think that gave them some inspiration during the year, during the tough times when things were going poorly. You know, Boch was able to keep them on the right path because he's been there before. And when guys have been there before, you tend to listen a little bit more. So, I do think they had enough talent to do it, but I. I, I won't say that he had nothing to do with it. I think that he definitely helped him just with his demeanor and his previous playoff experience. The answer is no. I don't think they win it with him without him. I just don't. And part of it that made it the tipping point for me was Marcus Simeon's interview earlier in this show. Did you hear him? He said last year we were miserable. Yeah. Players hated being like, whoa. You guys hated being there. Wow. That's easy to, it's easier when you win it all to talk great about management and your manager and everything else. But you believe it with Bruce Bochy. You just, we've been around the game long enough. You just don't hear bad things about the dude. Sometimes you'll hear one way in front of a camera or something. He's a different way in front of the team or with guys behind the scenes. That's not the feeling you get with Bruce Bochy at all. Like you feel that whole drawl he's got working and that's the way he talks to you and he doesn't light you up and he he wants you to be a responsible man and that's that 
just show up and play hard. And you know what? If we lose and we stack some losses here, world's not ending. World's it would have been easy for them, I think, to go out quickly in Tampa Bay. I really do. Having lost an opportunity to get that by and win the AL West, and instead you got to fly halfway around the world, it felt like, from Seattle to Tampa against a good team. It would have been I had him I had him losing in round one to Tampa. I mean, I understand what Marcus says and he has said and he's trying to give his manager credit, but like you didn't have Eovaldi, you didn't have DeGrom, you didn't have Scherzer, you didn't have Montgomery, Josh Jung wasn't a thing, Evan Carter wasn't a thing. So like all those guys, they make a happier clubhouse because you're gonna win more. So like you're miserable because you're losing. I get managers do make a, a difference in the vibe of a clubhouse, but what do we always say? Winning cures everything. Totally. But they didn't have all those guys for all the year, right? They had uh, DeGrom for five weeks. They had Scherzer for less than two months. They had, uh, who? oh, Montgomery. Evan, Evan for, Carter for five days. Yeah. <laughs> they had Jordan Montgomery for two months. So there, there were some up and down battles where it could have gotten up sideways but it never did i mean they led the al west for most of the season and then I, I give it to managers that can keep a clubhouse calm i love that aspect and i think mm -hmm. bruce definitely brings that to the table but we were i remember I, I would love to go back and look at our show the day that he signed with the rangers i i'm sure i was like bruce what are you doing like you're joining a team that hasn't made the the playoffs since 2016 forget about everything else like what? You're almost seventy years old. I'm sure you're enjoying life to a degree, but why in the world would a guy? And as you can see, like Bruce doesn't get around uh, around great. Like he's battling some physical ailments. What we don't see is him getting into Seattle at three thirty in the morning. You know, getting into Oakland at two twenty five. Like that stuff's not fun for young people, let alone guys who are almost seventy and have done it for decades. I really wondered out loud why the heck he was doing it and why a team that doesn't have the pedigree. But he must have known something. They sold they sold the dream on him. And he they bought did. it. Yep. They sold him the dream, and it's worked out. And I'm thrilled for him because he is a good dude. Really, really happy for him. And I'm happy for you. Why? We want to save you some money and mm -hmm. feed your belly. Thanks to our friends over at Factor, which is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. can help you fuel up for breakfast or lunch on the go if you're, you're busy during your workday, dinner as well. Chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals are delivered straight to your door. I know a lot of you are trying to jam-pack a workday, pick up some kids, get them to practice, get them home from practice, music, whatever they're involved in. Or even if you're just flying solo these days and you don't like running to the grocery store and figuring it, grabbing that shopping cart, you're like, geez, what else do I need to just make one meal that I'm going to eat in seven minutes anyway? Well, Factor can help save all that chaos in your life. They've got fresh, never frozen meals. They are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is eat and enjoy. So adjust your stride this autumn without missing a step. You get to choose from 35 plus weekly flavor packed Fresh, never frozen meals, ready to eat in two minutes. It's that simple. For me, I love it when we get this delivered to our door. Middle of the day is really hard for me. Like I'm stare, I open the fridge and I stare. I'm like, what do I want to make? Well, I grab one of these factor meals, put it in the microwave, heat it up for a couple minutes, and Rose's belly is full and feeling fine. 
So head on over to factormeals.com slash today50. Yes, use that code today50. You're going to get 50% off, which is a big deal. That's the code today50 at factormeals.com slash today50 to get 50% off. All right, we continue on. Uh, Corey Seager, one of the many high-priced players to leave a winning situation, then sign with the Rangers, who lost more than 100 games two years ago. Jacob deGrom was another one. Now, obviously, he hadn't pitched since May, ended up blowing out his elbow and the whole bit. But do you remember what Sal Licata on SNY was saying about deGrom the day that he picked the Mets or the Rangers over the New York Mets? He chose the Texas Rangers, who won 68 ball games a year ago. He doesn't care about winning. He doesn't care about having his number up there beside Mike Piazza and Tom Seaver. He didn't care about that. So when players are saying, saying that they're signing because they really think that a team has a shot at the World Series, which is what DeGrom said, do we really have to start believing them, even though it seems comical at the time? First off, why is that guy so upset? It's not personal to you at all. The guy made a life decision, has nothing to do with you. Please don't take it personal. My goodness. I'll yes. answer that question because he's a New York City blowhard who's whose job it is to be relevant. And so the louder you scream, the more people will listen. That's why. I don't subscribe to that. I don't do that. Um, do we have to believe every single one of them? Of course not. Of course not. Now, I will say this, though. Those big free agents. Uh, I, I was only a free agent really once, um, and I didn't have the pedigree or the leverage that some of these guys get. Um, but when you're a free agent, teams do share with you the future plans because they want to sign you. They have to, you're a free agent, so you can talk to any team. They have to convince you. Now, I'm guessing Chris Young went to Simeon and Seeger and said, like, we're gonna give you a bunch of money, like we're gonna give you a fair contract. And then also that's not gonna be it. Like, this is what we're gonna do. When Eovaldi be I, I wonder if they went to those two guys in particular and said, listen, when Eovaldi's a free agent, when Jacob deGrom's a free agent, we're gonna get those guys. Because that's the only way you can convince someone is saying our owners are gonna continue to spend, we're going to get our guys, and we're not gonna stop. Now, what they sold Jacob deGrom, maybe all the same thing that we're not going to stop. I think that's the biggest thing. If you have a an organization telling you that, like, we're we're in it, we're going to go for it. And Kyle Gibson came on our show, I don't even know when it was. He said 2023 is when they expect to win. He said that. That was a couple of years ago. And we're like, what are you talking about? How? How, how is that going to be possible? But the re like, how is it possible? You continue to go out and get good players. When they're available to you, whether it's via trade, whether it's via free agency, like you go and get them. It's easier said than done because you have to have guys pick your franchise, but they sold, I think they sold that aspect of it, see Rosie, that we're not going to stop until we have the roster the way we want it. Um, but to answer your question, no, of course we don't have to believe everybody that you know they sign there to win a World Series because sometimes it's just not the case. And this, mm -hmm. and this, in this situation, obviously it happened. And I'm just saying, I, I, I'm sure that that's what they were selling was the fact that we're going to continue to acquire players until we get our desired roster. Yeah. I think that if I were to have a, uh, if I were to be a guy who got $185 million or somebody, and I sat down in front of a microphone, I think I would probably answer it something like this. Like, listen, these guys have shared the vision of a world series and I have sat down and listened 
and I can believe it. And I am hopeful that we get there. Like, I think with the addition of guys that we're making, we're going to get there. This franchise hasn't, but I want to be part of something that's building. I think probably, not that he made a mistake, but the thing when he said is, you know, I want to win a World Series, so I'm joining the Texas Rangers. When you do say that, and I'm sure when we when we heard that on our show, we were like, once again, what are you thinking? You're joining an organization that's never won anything and hasn't been to the playoffs in, in six or seven years. So I understand a little bit what Sal was saying from that standpoint. I didn't agree with his tone because you're right. It's not a personal thing. And by the way, who cares what people choose? If they want to go somewhere for $185 million just because they want to make the money and have no shot at a ring, that's perfectly fine. Yes. His name is Sal. Sal. I He's an SNY. SNY and, and the fan. I guarantee you that if the Yes Network called Sal up and said, we're going to double your salary, he would go to the Yes Network. Yeah, but his explanation would be that the visibility of Yes Network would would be okay, great. Great. And let's I could do I could do it. Who's the least visible marketplace? Tampa Bay or something like that? I guarantee he would pick up and leave to go somewhere else because the right. money was better. You, people got to put themselves in other people's shoes and understand the process of this. Yeah, there were I, two- I hate it when they just like they don't consider that aspect of it. What they would do in their own life. They just want to complain about what somebody else did. Come on, man. Yeah, it has nothing to do with with your life. So just leave it be. I've never, uh, I I understood a very early age. And I don't know how old Sal is. What is he, in his 40s maybe, something like that? He's old enough certainly to know better. That it doesn't matter. You never should take it personally, ever with this sort of stuff. Now, once again, we're going to hear this time and time again in this offseason. Guys who are leaving really good situations, like Corey Seager, if you just spin it back a year even, Corey Seager leaving the Dodgers for the Rangers seems baseball-wise moronic. If you really think about it, there was nobody there, and he was leaving the most consistent franchise in baseball for one that was selling a hope and a dream. And $325 million. That's what I was going to say. They offered him 10 years, 325. Like it's people. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I would never begrudge somebody. But what I'm saying is, is that you can't ever make the argument in that situation that I'm leaving for a better baseball situation. That's all. So, yeah, you can. Just because the Rangers hit it out of the park with this doesn't mean that we always have to buy what somebody is saying. Yes. Agreed. We can agree on that. Agreed. Okay. I just thought it was interesting. In the meantime, what a run for the Arizona Diamondbacks. 84 wins during the regular season, which ended up being the second fewest ever for any World Series competitor. They made it all the way to Game 5 of the World Series. Their skipper, Tori Lovello, on how he's feeling after the loss. I just want to I want to run away and hide for a few days. I want to go camping and just sit in the tent and and suck my thumb, you know? <laughs> And eat ice cream. <laughs> Is that the weirdest answer you guys have ever had right there? <laughs> oh, boy. I loved it. I thought it was great. What did you learn about the Diamondbacks this year? And is it s- sustainable? I learned that they adapted to the new brand of baseball, the 
pickoff limitations, the shift limitations. I think they understood that better than a lot of different teams with their chaos model of baseball and offense. I learned that they have uh, three pretty dang good starting pitchers that they can draw off this season. I learned that um, they're resilient and uh, have some superstars on their team, uh, guys that we're going to be talking about for a long time. And I learned that they have one of the better managers in baseball with Tori Lavello. I hadn't paid a lot of attention to it. I mean, I know Tori. Uh-huh. I've known Tori for a long time. Great guy. I haven't really paid attention to what he's done uh, uh, on the baseball field in Arizona because we've been talking about other teams for a long time in that division specifically. So they have a good thing going there. You know, they have um, they made some really good trades to get some really good players over there this year in Guriel and, um, and Moreno. So I'm excited for the core that they have there. And I posed this question on Talking Baseball last night. Who's the favorite to win the NOS next year? It'll be the Dodgers still. Dodgers. Regardless. Well, Vegas favorite, but like your favorite. Dodgers, Padres, it'll Snakes. Like Dodgers. You think it'll still be the Dodgers? Yeah, I, I think if you look at Arizona's um, situation, so they've only got two prominent free agents, and that's Longo and Tommy Pham. They got a lot of guys that are arbitration eligible. I'll be curious to see if they – where they head – with payroll because guys start to get expensive in that last year of arbitration. And sometimes dude, you go to the world series, you better not be cutting payroll. I'm not saying they're going to cut payroll, but there are going to be some guys, right? You're going to have to pay Zach Gallon at some point. This is when you pay them, pay them. Let's go. I understand, but you understand that not every team thinks that way, particularly one that just lost its local television deal. And now is being its games are being broadcast on M by MLB. So we don't know about the financial situation of every team. There was a report out there by the Athletic yesterday by Evan Drellick, who said that the Padres had to get a short term loan just to beat payroll. You know who called that? Me and Talking Jake called that way back when. Okay, but so I'm just saying is that we don't we don't know. I'm not here to defend owners at all. But it, nothing surprises me with these dudes in the way that they think. They don't think like, hey, we got this close to it. Let's step on the accelerator. It's, okay, can we put together a really good team while still putting a lot of money in my pocket? You know that. So that could be part of the deal. I mean, I don't know. I think when you have a chance and you and you – you have a season like this, and you have players that you need to lock up. Zach Gallon's a free agent in 2026. So we've got two more years for you. Now's the time to try to get him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and, and like, you know, you need people like this, and you need to get these quote unquote discounts um, if you're in that situation. So, like, let's go. Let's go lock some of these guys up because guess what? That's what the good teams do. As of right now, Cattell Marte is scheduled to be their highest paid player next year at $13.6 million, which is very, very reasonable. Zach, Zach might get there in, in arbitration. He made 5.6 this year. Yeah. I could see it doubling plus some. Yep. He'd be right around there. Yep. Um, they were fun to watch. I thought they were great. I thought they had no chance in the in the playoffs because I didn't trust their bullpen. And they didn't have a third starter when they went into the playoffs. They just didn't. Now Brandon Fott's a stud. You got Ginks there in the back end of the bullpen. They should lock. They should. He should try to get locked up right now. Yeah, both sides. Yeah, he's he was phenomenal, and Seawald, with the exception of last night, was fantastic for them. 
down the stretch. One. In game one, you're right. Game one. Yeah. We could still be playing ball. It could be a three two series, not for game yeah. one. What a bummer. And Corey Seeger. And Corey Seeger. You're right. Uh I think that um Tori Lavello got a ton of points nationally. The way he yeah. handled everything. He's one of the few managers who speaks like a human being. You know, I loved it when he said he wanted to suck his thumb and eat ice cream. That's so relatable because that's, that's what for every... you. That is so relatable. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy smokes. He just nailed it to a T. I was like, do you have a camera in my house or something? Because that's what I do most days is suck my thumb and eat ice cream. So. No, you don't see Rosie. Uh, You're out building stuff and fixing things and you have a tool <laughs> belt on. I did clean up all the Halloween decorations. Oh, I got to do that. We did it the night of Halloween. Josh, our wow. oldest, was here. He helped out big time. That was so nice of him. He crushed it here. Uh, finally, our buddy Jake. Greatest lifeguard ever. Working it out by the pool in Arizona there for Game 5. Got on national TV, no less, with his belly shirt and everything. Were you a little disappointed he didn't rip off the T-shirt and kind of dive into the pool at some point? <laughs> no. What else is there to show? Like he was exposed almost completely, and he needed that snakes alive on. I'm happy with him. I feel a little bit bad, but then I I, I started to think about this. Most people when they say, "Oh man, I got to take a work trip. I I got to fly somewhere for work," you know, it's kind of like they check into a Holiday Inn Express and they have like meetings and like just horrible days of listening to people talk you probably don't want to listen to. Jake's idea of a business trip is flying out there for a day, hanging out by the pool, watching a World Series game with a bunch of people who adore him. So I don't feel bad for him too much. He's, I love, I love Jake. So this was, it was phenomenal. And I may or may not have put in a call into someone I know at Fox to make sure he got on TV. Very good. Did, um, did he fly home last night? He did. <laughs> no way. He moved his flight up? I believe he I believe he red eyed it last night. Red eye. Oh, well, he was scheduled to go anyway. That was the last game in Arizona, regardless. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah, we recorded we were he was he has been a stalwart on talking baseball. He doesn't miss much, but he missed yesterday, the last show of the year because of that. But we we said it's okay. Wow. He's got the life, man. He's got the life. He does. He does. That is a that is a good look for him. All right. Um we're going to be back at it again on Friday. We do have our Seeky question of the week, so please get it in by Thursday afternoon. I'm just telling you, social media channels at Chris Rose Sports, send in a good creative question for us, please. Give it away a thousand bucks credit to use on Seeky. That ain't bad. Awesome. All right, man. Baseball season's over. Over. Bittersweet. Yeah. Talk about the Rangers parade and maybe the upcoming free agency, maybe some managerial moves. You'll have to tune in and see. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today.